Hey everyone, you're listening to The Real Deal. I'm here with my friend Kelly, and today we're going to do things a little differently. I'll be telling you one of my personal stories instead. Thanks for joining, Kelly. Hey Maria, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm so glad you could do this and join me on this adventure. Yeah, I'm really honored that you asked me to do this. Totally. To be here to tell your story. Yeah. Um, I think I told you, I don't remember how long ago I told you, um, I had my scare two and a half years ago, um, and I'm kind of open about it, but I don't tell details, right, because it's kind of uncomfortable, um, but basically two and a half years ago, I was falsely diagnosed with HIV, and um, I'm sharing the story basically because I've had some, even some of our mutual friends actually, um, who went to the same doctor, had similar experiences, not with HIV, but different STDs and turned out they didn't have it or just some really scary stuff. And so I kind of wanted to talk about it um, for a slew of reasons. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think you kind of pick up, you'll pick up on it as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically two and a half years ago, I scheduled doctor's appointments, annuals, like anyone does. And I scheduled, my first appointment was family practitioner, you know, got blood work done, get a physical, usual stuff, no big deal. And then a couple days later, I had scheduled my, I had my appointment with my uh, gynecologist. And OBGYN, should, is that like a better way of saying it? Gyno? Yeah. Lady doctor? Right, lady doctor. I'm going to make some people (laughs) feel uncomfortable, but whatever. Um, So, um, basically, so um, she was, she was a new doctor for me. And she had asked, you know, do you want to run blood work? Um, We'll just check for STDs. And I kind of said, no, like, I don't really need that. Um, I don't sleep around. I don't do anything crazy. And but I did have a boyfriend at the time and um, he wasn't the first boyfriend that I had been with. And so she said, you know what, let's just let's just do it. It doesn't hurt. No big deal. And I thought, okay, that's totally fine. Better safe than sorry. I'm not really worried about it. It doesn't hurt anything. So fast forward a couple days later, I'm having dinner with my mom and dad and we're at Jack Allen's, which is absolutely delicious, by the way. And um, we're having dinner and I got, uh, I had a missed phone call. I had a voicemail left on on my phone and it was from my gynecologist and I thought well that's that's a little bit alarming probably nothing big but I'm gonna listen to the voicemail um and probably give her a call back if need be listen to the voicemail needed to call her back um did you call her back at dinner with your parents I so I stepped out I don't even remember what I told my mom when I when I left um yeah, I don't, I, I stepped out, I walked outside, and I called her, I called my gynecologist, and she said, Maria, you tested positive for HIV, um, we're going to run more tests, just to be certain, um, 
but I need you to not sleep with anyone. Um, wow. To yeah, because you, you obviously, if I had it, you don't want to spread that. Um, but she also mentioned my gynecologist mentioned don't tell anyone as far as like my partners. Um, I didn't really ask why, but in my head, I thought, okay, you're right. Like, I don't want to freak someone else out. At the time I was dating, um, I was dating a guy who was a firefighter and he was, I don't know what he, he was on shift. Right. Right. And so he's out there trying to save lives. I'm not going to about, you know, call him up and say, Hey, by the way, this might be happening. You, you, you know, you might have it while you're working, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I get off the phone. I remember when she told me I just bent down on the pavement and I just, I don't even remember if I cried, but I remember thinking, oh, fuck, I can't have kids. Yeah. And that really sucked. Um, <laughs> I say that so casually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that in that moment I'm sure it was devastating right right yeah it it was it totally was um so I went inside and I think at this point I was crying and I told my mom you know my mom said what's what's going on and I said I tested positive for HIV and she goes what and my dad's sitting right next to me too yeah you know and so at first I kind of thought like, is this embar like, is this embarrassing? I'm not, I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I'm so worried about the situation that I don't even care. Um, so I say that because my mom started asking me questions. She's like, well, have you, you know, do you do drugs? Do you use needles? Right. And I was like, what? Jeez. No, I don't. Um, and she asked, well, how many people have you been with? And I told her, I said, I've been, I've been with two people. And I even told her who they were, you know, (laughs) and um, it's awkward. It was awkward, but it wasn't awkward. I think people think that it would be awkward, but Mm -hmm. I didn't care. And I don't and I don't think my mom cared Okay. because it was the point of we need to get the bottom to the bottom of this, figure this out. You know, let's just be open. That was your mom's reaction. I'm wondering, like, what was your dad's reaction? Right. Yeah. So he was quiet yeah and obviously we just kept crying and my mom is trying to get like a game plan together and he finally speaks up and he's like you don't have it that there's no way in the world that you have HIV there's no way and I'm kind of thankful that he believed that it wasn't Mm -hmm. but in the moment my mom and I are like you can't be thinking in that way. Like, yeah, if, if, this is the reality. Get with it. Right. Exactly. Like we need to figure out a solution. Mm-hmm. It it's, it's happening. Let's not waste time on possibly false hope. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I remember walking out and my mom, I was living by myself at the time and I mean, how old I'm 25. So 20, 23 years old. Sure, you're an adult, but I'm not going to lie. I probably just should have gone home with my mom and dad. Yeah. I don't think being alone was a good idea. But for no. some reason, I I don't know if I was trying to hold on to my independence because I felt like it was it was probably going away or like I didn't have control over the situation. Yeah. Um, so I went home by myself, obviously. Um, 
and I think my mom tried calling the gynecologist and just getting information and that was the first time that I had signed paperwork basically saying like no I don't want to share any of my information with my parents you know mm-hmm. like I'm an adult let's get through this first thing I did in the morning absolutely changed that <laughs> changed that because I, I needed all the help that I could get yeah. I couldn't I couldn't handle it well I'm sure when you signed that paperwork you weren't expecting this like life-altering news right absolutely of course not um no one expects that right um I remember the next day I had work and at that point the only thing that I wanted was normalcy and so I went into work 7 a.m one of the guys saw me and I had obviously I'd been crying before Mm -hmm. but when I walked into work I wasn't crying and it was odd because one of the guys who walked by me he said are you okay and I said yeah yeah I'm good kept walking into my office and I couldn't believe that he picked up just by looking at me yeah how upset I was and I wasn't talking to anyone and you know me because you've worked with me I'm pretty talkative (laughs) so it's a little bit weird and so one of my really good friends Freddie um he tried coming into my office because he knew something was up. And I straight up, I put my arm, my hand out to basically tell him, stop. Mm-hmm. I Like, I can't handle this right now. D- leave. And and he immediately, he turned around and got the picture and I'm sure was a little bit confused, but he just walked away. And um, later on, my boss comes around and he's trying to talk to me. And I've been crying at this point trying to hide it I guess he didn't notice it or was just trying to be nice about it um and didn't really say anything and then and then tears just kept coming down my face as I'm as he's telling me the story about I don't even know what and he tells me what's wrong and I immediately just put my hands over my face and just started sobbing god and um you know he tells me to go into his office we go into his office and I'm struggling to tell him, you know, what's going on. Also, I don't really want to tell anyone. No, not your boss. Not, yeah, I, right, not my boss. That's too personal. Right. Also, I, I was embarrassed by the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I was embarrassed to have HIV because I think the... I don't know how to say it, stereotype. stigma. Yes, the stigma. The stigma around it is, oh, you're a slut or, and or sleeping around, not doing the right things. Like not careful. Not careful. You're not clean. Reckless. Reckless. Right. Absolutely. Um, And um, so I remember telling him, you know, I, um, I went to the doctor and I have a deadly disease and because at the time and even now I still don't know much about about HIV mm-hmm. you know I know more I know cancer down to the molecular level right but I can't explain to you HIV because no one really talks about it also it's not on the top of my list to figure out right yeah. so I was unaware that there was there's been so much progress in medication um, that I, I truly thought it was like I was going to die, was going to be able to have children, um, which all those things don't need to be the end result. Mm-hmm. Um, 
basic so basically i'm talking to my i'm talking to my boss and he's looking at me because i'm basically a wreck and he's like you know i need to send you home i can't you know i can't have you here and i just i begged him please don't send me home please don't send me home because again it was i need that normalcy i need to feel like a regular person i don't want to put emphasis on this i don't want to think about it what am i going to do i go home and because I can't work because I'm sobbing and then and then what then it's just more time thinking about the issue right um so so I kept working I think my mom and dad obviously kept in touch I ordered a book on HIV because I didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. um and I I forgot to say like the most most important thing at the time was I had called my regular doctor. I called my regular doctor um, and said because he had he took a blood sample. Yeah. And so I called them up and I said, "Um, do you still by chance have do you still have that blood sample? Um, Because I've had another doctor tell me that I have HIV. And. Um, luckily they did still have the blood sample. And so they ran additional tests. I made another appointment at the ARC, um, tried to get in as quickly as possible to do that. Can you explain what the ARC is? Uh, Austin Regional Clinic. Okay. I think that's what it stands for. So it's another doctor you can go in, you know. Okay. Just kind of, they do a lot of stuff. Walk in. Kind of. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, so I made an appointment there and for some reason they couldn't, I don't know if they had any that day. I, I don't remember them having any appointments that day, but also I think I was struggling with the fact of how many, how many tests do I have to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think, I think it might be a little overkill, which who cares at that point. Right. But my gynecologist has my blood. She's running one test. She's running an additional test. And I also have my doctor running a test. If those three don't come back normal, then I'm going to do another test. And so, and so that's what I planned on. Um, I've heard people talk about you being able to get tested and get results like with, within the day. I've not, I, have you ever heard of something like that? Mm. No, but I mean, I haven't paid attention if I had, I think. Right, right. So I I feel like I've heard that. I haven't looked it up. And if you're wondering why the heck I am so uh, unknowledgeable, if that's even a word, not knowledgeable about HIV, it's because I don't I don't even want to deal with it. Right. So I haven't really studied. I, I didn't do anything after I found out that I I. I later found out that I didn't have HIV. I put that story to rest. Mm -hmm. I don't care that this doctor gave me a false positive. My mom wanted to sue the gynecologist. (laughs) Um, She really did. And uh, I just kept telling her, no, like I can't. I don't even. I'm going to open that up. Exactly. I am so thankful that I don't have it. I don't even want to go there. Um, So I'll back up a little bit to get to that point. So basically a week's gone by. Um, I'm involving my doctor. I'm calling them every single day. Um, his main nurse knows my number and name by heart now because she know, like she feels for me at this mm-hmm. point. Unfortunately, the weekend this happens like in the middle of the week, 
And so Saturday and Sunday come, lab's not open. Yeah. So I have to wait um, until Monday. I think I thought I had HIV for like six days, seven days. Um, so, so I had to wait over the weekend. Monday, my doctor calls me and says, hey, you don't have, you don't have HIV. They're also questioning who, who's this gynecologist and what tests, what lab are they using? You know, mm-hmm. um, obviously again, I was just so thankful that they said I don't have it. So I immediately called my gynecologist they had my my results back, but unfortunately, I guess the doctor hadn't looked at them yet, so they can't share that information with me. That's BS. Right? I was so frustrated. I was so like, no, like, you know that I'm asking you if I have HIV, like, I, you need to tell me. And so, um, again, I, everything's kind of fuzzy because I tried blocking all of this out of my head. But I remember her not the, – the woman on the on the other line um, at the gynecologist, she didn't say that I didn't have it, but she's like, you're okay. You don't need to worry. I will have the doctor call you. And so I hung up, and I just – I Freddie again was – I was at work. Yeah. And um, one of my friends, Freddie, was there, and um, I just gave him a hug, and I just started bawling because I was so, so relieved. Relieved so relieved you can exhale yeah yeah I think the two hardest things that I went through um in dealing with that was again not having feeling a normal moment so I during the time that I during the week that I thought I had it I had um I went out to dinner with two friends we went out to wine belly and I had it scheduled before, and even when I talked to my mom, my mom was like, you can't, you know, you can't stop living. It's a normal, like, just live like you mm-hmm. normally would, right? But the hard part about that is when you're sitting there and your friends are just having a typical conversation about dating or, I did this this week, or, oh, work is so terrible, you know, just any random thought. All I'm thinking about is I have HIV. How long do I have to live? Um, how can I get through this? Um, can I find, can I have children? How am I going to fall in love with someone? Or, or more so, how do I have someone fall in love with me, right? Mm-hmm. And I was honestly grappling with the idea of tricking someone, which is terrible. But I thought if someone knows that I have HIV, unless they also have it, there's no way that they're going to want to be with me. Um, so the idea is like, okay, how do I marry, you know, what do I do? In that time frame, the, my boyfriend at the time was in Houston, and I'm really keeping quiet. Um, I'm not really saying much to him. And I guess I should explain, I don't, I don't even know, I, I wouldn't even call us boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> it really was kind of, like we were dating, we had broken up, but we were still hanging out, right? Yeah. Still hanging out frequently. And so as far as him needing to be a support system, he, I wasn't using him as that, right? Because that wasn't our relationship. But he was still a very good friend. Um, 
so anyway, so in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to marry this guy if he does have HIV. Also, what motherfucker is he? <laughs> because if the other thoughts were, oh my gosh, he has HIV. He knows that he has HIV and he gave it to me. What a terrible human being. Or what terrible human being female gave him HIV, didn't tell him or didn't know, mm-hmm. and then and now he's passed it on to me. Because before this, I had been with my high school boyfriend and we were each other's first. You know, there we, we didn't get it from other places, right? Yeah. And so it's the second relationship that I'm like, who's no pun intended, screwing over who? Like, who's messing yeah. up in this situation, you know? Um, I didn't tell him anything until he got back from Houston, and also I had the clear. And I, I mean, I Did didn't... Did you tell him, like, the like from start to finish? I don't, I don't, no. I, I wasn't as detailed as I am right now. Right. But I basically told him, hey, I was falsely diagnosed with HIV and he took it he took it really seriously Uh which I'm glad he did I'm a little bit surprised because I kind of thought that he would brush it off but he totally took it seriously and obviously he does not have HIV Mm -hmm. um he's fine and I also think that when you're uh, did I already give away his profession yes I did okay (laughs) wow so I've dated a it's few. Fire. You've dated I've like dated five. It's fine. You've dated. I've dated. Hard to narrow it down. Yeah, I've dated a few firefighters. Um, I have a type apparently. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I was going to tell you. Uh, this is a great moment in podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember. He took it really seriously. Oh, oh, oh! So when you're a firefighter, and I haven't check this so I don't know if it's correct again I've put this story to rest right so I'm not checking up on anything going back and finding answers but I think when you are a firefighter I think you get I mean you get tested you get a physical you you get the works done right mm-hmm. um also if you're a medic I don't know how you have to be really careful about that so yeah anyways so um he doesn't have it he didn't have it and so did he know he didn't have it like for yes sure? yes he did okay yes um and I'm glad I didn't bring it up to him earlier to find out that he didn't have it because at the same time at, at this point you can't rationalize in my head that I don't have it right mm-hmm. so even if he were to say Maria I don't have HIV I did not give you HIV I still wouldn't have believed it oh yeah I still have issues now, two, two and a half years later. I mean, I've been tested four times so far after the fact. And it's time again for my annual at the gynecologist, a different one that I go to now. (laughs) And I'm thinking about getting tested again because I, I haven't been sexually active. I don't do drugs. There's no way for me to have it. But I'm still, uh, I, I yeah. Having gone through that experience, like, you just need the reassurance, right? Right. I, I, it's like I, I. It's almost like I don't believe it, right? It was so traumatizing that to get through it, it was. I'm still not there. I'm still recovering, almost. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about your parents, like, in the beginning 
do you think your mom's reaction or your dad's reaction like had any effect on your relationship with them yeah that's a great question I think we be I think we became so much closer after the fact because we put aside all the embarrassing the possible embarrassing moments like Mm -hmm. oh my mom knows that I have sex my dad knows that I've slept with these boyfriends like those things are put aside because it doesn't matter we just need to get you well Mm -hmm. right and they obviously only want me to live um so we definitely became closer their reactions I'm thankful that my mom is so so proactive she's very pragmatic yes absolutely super helpful My dad, I think during the time my mom and I, I don't want to use the word frustrated because I don't remember feeling frustrated, but just not understanding his disbelief because we thought, no, like I was tested positive once. Like this, this is an option. This is Mm -hmm. possible that I could be positive HIV. Yeah. But I am so glad that his reaction was not that way and that it was unbelieving and then he, and that he was correct. I, I I think it would have sucked if all three of us were in a shitty place, yeah. mind in a shitty mindset, you oh, know? Yeah. So. I think your dad having that reaction was, like, a very important part of the situation. Just, like, keeping you grounded, like, keeping you, yeah. like, no, we need a second opinion. Like, this is not right. the end-all, be-all. Right. You're not going to die in six months. Right. Right. Yeah. It it was, it was, I am thankful that he was like that for sure. Yeah. So, you went seven days thinking you had HIV and you didn't do any research on it. And I think (laughs) knowing you, that's surprising. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you, why do you think you did that? Oh, man. I remember... So, that was another thing. I did try to do research, but all... Everything that I found was how to prevent HIV. Mm-hmm. Nothing was written, or, or nothing that I could find was written about, here's how to deal with HIV. Or here's the medication that you need to take. You have to take eight pills a day, by the way. Wow. Um, here's, you know, how to lead your life. Here's how to deal with it. Here's, hey, you're going to be okay. There was nothing on that. It was all preventable. Don't, you know, don't sleep with someone you don't yeah. know. Wear, Wear a condom. condom. Exactly. Things like that, which is great. But I was so upset. I was so upset because I, it's too late. I already have it. Mm-hmm. Also, I was in two long-term relationships. You know, I'm not thinking about getting HIV because I'm in a long-term relationship and I know that him and I are e- each other's only partners. How is it possible for me to be diagnosed with this, right? But I am, it, so I thought, but I do have it. How does this happen? Like, you don't, it wasn't true anymore to be, to have HIV and also be a slut. Right? It only takes mm-hmm. one time. 
but unfortunately that's all all the online kept talking about was preventable and so at that point that's when I found a book on Barnes and Noble's website I just typed I don't even remember what I typed in but I typed in some HIV thing and it basically broke it down again to the molecular level for me to understand it and tells you what medication you have to have and how does this work with your blood type um it was one of those books that had to be printed, right? So when I ordered it, they print it. It's not just available. Oh, wow. So I ordered it, <clears throat> didn't get it until after I found out that I didn't have it. I remember opening it out of the box, flipping the pages and being like, fuck that. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to feel these feelings anymore. And uh, I returned it at Barnes and Nobles, which was really also embarrassing. <laughs> I did not enjoy that at all. Um, but yeah, I just didn't want to, there was not much out there and I didn't want to read about it anymore once I found out I didn't have it. I think there not being like a lot of stuff out there is, it's surprising, but at the same time it's not because, it, you know, if you think about it, like it's such an, a small group of people, you know, relative to the whole population. And I think I've, like, seen news stories and stuff where they, you know, they're kind of talking about how, like, women's health hasn't been, like, heavily researched and, like, people right. don't totally understand. And, like, birth control, like, oh, yeah, take this stuff, but it's going to, you know, cause mood swings. You're going to have a period right. for three months. You're going to, you know, and, like, nobody's doing anything about it because, yeah. like, it's not in this mainstream right everybody like deals with this, this yes is, these are the things we're going to put our money towards this is what we're going to research and I think like you know not just women's health but like sexual health yeah like, there's so much that people don't know and there's so much that like there's just not information out there right now yeah absolutely absolutely I think you know maybe if this were back in the 80s 90s before uh, mm -hmm. sorry for older podcasters, but before our time, <laughs> um, I think it was, it was a big deal back then, but it's not anymore. And the medication, I mean, um, from the little that I've read, um, helps you out so much that you apparently can live a normal life on the meds. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're so right. It's not like it's cancer and I'm yeah. not saying, you know what? I was about to say I'm not saying cancer isn't as bad, but I'm I'm I'll be honest with you, when I thought I had HIV, I had wished that I had cancer instead. Yeah. I had wished that I had, had cancer instead because there was so much out there about it. People were researching how to um over how to cure how to cure cancer right mm -hmm. but no one was researching anymore on how to cure hiv yeah the other day though driving um i on drove the bus yes on the bus i saw there's a uh, like a a pill that prevents hiv right right which is fantastic i'm not gonna lie that makes me yeah so happy because again it doesn't you don't have to be sleeping around with people it can just be mm-hmm you had sex one time right and you and now you have it a person with hiv isn't a person that shares needles like it's like any yeah you know like a 25 year old 
she, know, woman who she's getting into a relationship oh but she doesn't know that he yeah. and he doesn't know you know either way it could be a normal it could be and i i think that's you know there's just so much stigma against it like there you know in the 80s the big thing was yeah. gay men like right. if you were gay you had aids and like yeah. hiv you know they're in the same realm right but like and i think that has stuck around and there's still people that believe that like totally oh, if you're straight you're probably not gonna like no yeah right yeah it, it, it's exactly. gonna it, it could happen to anyone it absolutely you're having could. sex like it could happen to you right right and it exactly and it it that kind of sucks thinking that way right because sex is supposed to be an enjoyable and, and so it is, right? And yeah. so it is. And, pe- and people don't think that way. I will say, now that I have, I th- now I know I don't have it, but I'm still getting over that, right? Yeah. And so um, that's affected my relationships after the fact because I'll freak out. I'll just freak out on whoever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I haven't dated a lot of, a lot of guys after, after that. But um, the couple that I did, I just freaked out on them. You need to get tested. You you know, you need to do this, this, and this. And you need to show me the test results, blah, 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 blah. Like, which is okay. I think that's fair to ask yeah. your partner to get tested. I think I'm biased. You probably should. Mm-hmm. But the way that I was presenting the information or, or the question was so over the board, also dramatic and traumatic towards that person. Right that they weren't willing, they didn't want to. They were freaked they out. They were receptive to that. They weren't receptive, not because they didn't care, but because they were now fearful. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or more so, not for themselves, they just didn't know how to handle the fact that I was so adamant about it and I was so in their face about it. And and I don't blame them. That's a scary thing. If I start yelling, you know, if you're you could have HIV. Yeah, exactly. Like that's scary. But yeah. in my mind, I'm freaking out. I'm like, if we're going to be in a relationship and, you know, we're going to take that step. And understandably. Right, right. But the way that I handled it was so intense that mm-hmm. it just scared the living bejesus out of them, you know? Yeah. Um, I just started going. I literally a month ago went to counseling for the very first time um, ever. Um, and the first thing that I talked about was the was the HIV incident um, and didn't realize that I had PTSD. Oh, yeah. And I, you've seen this before. There was one time that I was going to the doctor because I had a I have a lump on my spine. Found out it's pretty typical, actually, for people, mainly men, but females also get it, uh, a lump on their lower spine. Had no idea. Nothing to worry about, right? By the way, if you have a lump, you should probably go get it tested, regardless <laughs> of what I'm saying, right? Just get it checked out. No big deal. We are deal. not medical doctors. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but you saw me that day at work. I was just bawling, mm-hmm. just crying my eyes out. Um, and I'm realizing now that I cry too much at work. <laughs> I should work on that. But... Um, I was so scared over something that wasn't that big of a deal, but that PTSD thing is real. Yeah. Not enjoyable at all. Um, 
obviously I, I don't think I have it nearly as bad as what some people have. I don't have anxiety attacks mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but I'll freak out before going to the doctor for sure. And I wouldn't downplay your reactions. I think, I think you certainly were having, having an anxiety attack when I saw you that day. You know, I think there's, there's certainly different levels. Um, but I wouldn't cast your level aside and say that it's not important. Right. You know, yeah. give yourself, give yourself that. Trauma is still trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I need to, I need to learn that not only to respect myself, but respect others too. Yeah. But anyways. Whatever. Yeah. Um, going back to your relationships, what do you, like, how do you think your viewpoints towards sex have changed? Great question. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one um, because a lot of things have happened since then um, in the sense of my views on relationships um, as well as my faith deepening. Mm-hmm. My, your question was how... Towards how, sex. Right. How, how has that affected? Mm. It's a, it's affected because having a casual thing, I don't I don't crave that. I don't want it. I don't care for it. Mm-hmm. It scares me. It's also. Mm, I also crave the intimate part, right? So the act of just having sex doesn't doesn't that does not. Uh, I do not care for that at all. Doesn't do it for you. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. <laughs> so the tough the tough part about answering that question is um I haven't I haven't um slept with anyone in like a year Mm -hmm. and part of that was because I didn't have a healthy relationship anymore with sex Mm -hmm. because obviously because the HIV thing but but what was causing it it I, I wasn't enjoying it. It honestly became a thing of during that time, I wanted to have sex mainly to feel looking, looking back, I can say this cause I understand it in the, in the moment I didn't understand it, but I wanted to have sex to, to, to feel that this is something that I can still do. I can still enjoy it. It's a normal thing in life. You know, I, this is again, a part of life, right? Well, because of the HIV thing, I was too scared and I wasn't, it it wasn't enjoyable. It scared me. It wasn't fun. And so I basically like cold turkey, which how else do you stop having sex other than not (laughs) having it? Right. Um, I completely stopped. And so fortunately during this time, um, my faith has gotten stronger and the type of love that I crave is, um, is something for, for marriage, not for a casual mm-hmm. situation. And so I hope to enjoy it again sometime. Um, but right now it's like if, if I'm not married and I know that it's not going to be with someone that I'm going to marry, I don't really, I don't want to, I don't want to go down that road. I, and again, I think there's probably a little bit, bit of fear in that because also I don't want to risk going through this again because 
unless you're going to marry that person, I don't know if they're going to be in and out of my life or not. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so no cat, no casual people wear a condom. <laughs> so, and if you're uncomfortable with this question, like you don't have to answer it, but do you think this is the reason why you're, you know, when people try to introduce you to guys or when you go on dates with guys or when a guy asks for your number i'm not into it yeah i think like i've seen on like multiple occasions where <laughs> like hey marino like this could be good like he seems really nice just go for it and i think it's it's kind of been a consistent thing like you kind of put the brakes on right. pretty immediately right do you think this is why I don't think this is why I think it's funny that you bring that up because my second section for counseling I just had yesterday and it was on that subject Mm -hmm. Um, not purposefully but the way that I think is very black and white it's one extreme to the other so I'm kind of doing that just now when I was talking about having sex, like, no, I'm never going to, I'm not going to do it till I get married. Marriage right? or nothing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So again, very black and white. I, so I think it's twofold. Um, my issue that I'm currently having now is I don't want to get in a relationship or even bother talking to someone if I don't think it's going to go somewhere. And so... If I don't know, I feel like I can kind of pick up on that stuff. So again, like I said, twofold. Like, yeah, I think too black and white. So if I immediately don't think I'm am into it, I'm not. I'm not into it. That's it, right? Instead of instead of trying to enjoy it, like, yeah, it doesn't need to go anywhere, right? Like, why not enjoy the date? Why not enjoy the flirtation or the admiration, whatever it is? And I don't do that. And I think I should. I, I'd like to start doing that, right? Because that just mm-hmm. sounds like fun. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um, but also I think you're right a little bit in the fact that, yeah, no, like I just, I, I feel like the stigma nowadays in dating is so heavily revolving around hooking up Yeah, and I don't care to do that. And so like, why, why put myself in that situation? You know, I just, I don't, I don't care to, I don't want to do that. But again, sometimes it's okay to flirt. Like you can still set boundaries. Something I'm working on. Yeah, just, like, being in the middle rather than one under the other. Right. Um, I think we've kind of explored your emotions throughout the thing pretty well. What do you think, or how do you think you can use this experience to, like, make yourself better or make others better or, like, do good? Have you thought about that? I think part of that is doing this particular podcast. Yeah. Um, because I don't, if someone else has gone through it, I want someone to know, like, I've gone through it too. This crazy shit happens. Like, you can get through it. I got through it. You can get through it. Also, maybe it's okay if you're not over it. You know, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Helping beyond that. No, I, I have thought about it in the sense of like, 
and I don't know if this is what you're going after, but I saw um, there's like a 5K for raising money for HIV. Yeah. And I thought about doing that because I was like, man, like I should totally help. Again, it's such, it was a traumatic experience. I don't want to relive it. I don't want to think about it. I, it, it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I don't want to talk. I'm, you know, obviously we're talking about it right now, but this is only going to last a little bit, you know. Do you think we're going to have this conversation and it's just going to go back to no thoughts about it, no conversations about it, don't open it up again? Or do you think you're more Um, open into, you know, potentially signing up for a 5K raising money for HIV or advocating for research and things like that probably not and that's pretty shitty but I just it sucks because I can't imagine how other people I got lucky Mm -hmm. I don't have it but other people were diagnosed and they do have it yeah and I feel terrible that they are even going through that unfortunately I am not strong to deal with that Mm -hmm. and again I don't want to I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be around those emotions. It's fucking hard. My cousin, her, she has leukemia. And when I found out that she had leukemia, I felt really connected, I guess. I could relate. And I hope hope that doesn't offend her, right? Because, again, I realized that I was lucky yeah. I get to now live my life normal and she doesn't, right? She she does, but in her mind, she can be normal. But I mean, when you have that mindset, the only, for me, the only thing that I thought mm. I was like, oh shit, when am I going to die? Oh, I've got, I've got to stay strong for my mom and dad, you know? Yeah. I can't leave well, this world yet. Like I got to keep going, got to keep going. But like, no one should have to deal with dealing with death like that. Right. Or having your body physically be fighting every day. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't I don't even remember what I told you about that. Oh, but because it because I feel like it should be helping. But unfortunately, I just don't I'm not I can't deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Maybe I can, but I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, maybe that goes in the form of sending a check rather than you know, participating. Right. right. You know, I think Still kind of being distant, but I can still help in some way. Being distant and helping, like, because for me, like, and I, I don't want to, like, say, like, if if it happened to me. Right. Because I think that's, mm. that's not right. Um, but I, I'd imagine it might be good, like, in the healing process, like, to just right. know, like, this is behind me. Yeah. And this is what I'm doing to, like give thanks that I'm like not in that situation you know yeah and that's kind of where my question was going is do you think do you agree with me where that could be like a source of healing or sure I never honestly I've never thought about it that way um and so I'm glad that you say that because maybe that that in itself that idea would help me um so that kind of gives me hope so maybe in the future I would be willing to do that or be willing to do a lot more. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, 
again, I don't want to deal with it. And I, I think that's fair. I'll go vote. I'll vote for health, equal health care for everyone. <laughs> I'll vote for... Can you imagine someone getting diagnosed and not having health insurance? No, I can't. To pay for those eight pills a day? Exactly. That is so terrible. That's an, another nightmare on top of a nightmare. I've used that argument, um, and it wasn't for argument's sake, and I wish people would think about that mm-hmm. instead of turning it into a political issue. I had dinner with one of my friends and he was upset with the Affordable Care Act and he thought it was ridiculous that that everyone had to have it and that he was basically in his mind and he kind of is but people that's how insurance works anyways Mm -hmm. you pay you pay an amount of money and you're probably not going to, you you know, not all that money goes towards you specifically. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go back to you specifically. It goes into a pool. And that's how, that's just how insurance works, yeah, right? it's economics. Exactly. Very upset about that. Very upset about that. And I looked at him, and he's one of my best friends from high school. And I looked at him and I said, you're telling me, and he knew that I was had the false diagnosis for HIV. I said, you're telling me that if I... If I really had HIV and I had to get all those eight pills, I can't afford that. I can't afford that, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to. It's so expensive. Every single day, so expensive. And I looked at him and I said, you're telling me that you would rather have me die or maybe we don't take it that far, but you wouldn't be willing to help me take uh, pay for my medication to live mm-hmm. through this. Because you don't agree with it. And he looked at me and he was dumbfounded and he's like, oh my God, absolutely not. I would never do that to you. And I said, that's, it's the same principle. Yeah. There are people out there that can't afford this medication. You could take that politically as to why they can't afford it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the but reality the is, is they can't. Exactly. They need that medication to live. They can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to stand by and let them die? Because you're not willing to help pay for it, mm-hmm. even though you have the means to do so. So yeah. in that sense, go yeah. vote. <laughs> Don't get me started on Yeah, we won't go there. But <laughs> yeah. But it's a thing. And I think that made me really think about it a lot more. Because in the United States, I think this is the, the I, that idea of everyone having insurance is a new idea. Mm-hmm. Even though multiple countries around the world do it right, right? and, and it, do it well exactly and do it well i don't think we're do- well, again we won't get into that i don't think we're doing it well but you can't you can't just exit off the list because you think it's ridiculous mm-hmm. you really need to think about the implications of it yeah well <laughs> i'm glad we talked about it i'm glad that you were willing to talk to me about it Hopefully it wasn't too boring because I feel like I probably, sometimes when I get talking, I just spill all the details. You you answered most of my questions before I had the opportunity to ask them. Okay. All right. That's good. I think. (laughs) I think that's good. Typical Maria. Typical Maria. Always talking away. That was my superlative. Most talkative. (laughs) Which I didn't realize until now I'm doing a podcast. Whatever. It works. Thanks, Kelly, for joining me. Yeah, thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. 
and we'll catch you on the next podcast, everyone. Bye.